We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and Boulder, we have a show for you right now. We're going to be talking about the films Eddie the Eagle, Zootopia, The Avengers of Gumby, the 60s series, and Beauty and the Beast, the musical. Right now, I am here with Morgan Abigail to talk about Instagram Entertainment's Guess How Much I Love You with a cute tie like that. We have some very adorable interviewees here. So, uh... Abigail, you sound very excited to talk about this, so tell us about Guess How Much I Love You. What did you think of it? Well, I loved it. The main character is Little Nut Brown here and his friend, Little Field Mouse. And all day, they always like to play in the meadow with their butterfly friends and their skunk friends and everybody in the meadow. And they're always so curious. And every each every day in each of the seven different episodes, written by Sam Mitbratney, they always had a mystery to be solved. And it sounds adorable. It's from an actual book. And yeah. when I was little... My parent, I used to do this with my mother. We used to always say how much we, it was like a, the book was about having a contest of guess how much we love each other. And we would do this cute little thing where we would always say stuff like, I love you more than all the grains of sand in the world or all the stars in the world. So we were just, we were that adorable mother son relationship. But oh. so, yeah. So, Morgan, what did you think about the episodes? I thought the episodes were actually really cute and adorable. And the animation was just like, Really cool how it looked like it was hand-drawn from a storybook, which was really awesome. And the music was really cute and sweet, and I thought that everything was really great about it. And the hand-drawn features were, like, exquisitely detailed, and I really liked the fact about that. Because I actually had the book just like you do on my Leapster, so I remember reading the book and looking at the pictures, and it pretty much looks exactly like the book, which I really enjoy, because I don't really like movies that, like, don't make it look like the book or something, because then it's, like, kind of takes away from the aspect, and the characters are just huggable and cute, and I could literally, like, I wish I could just take them out of the screen, like, hug them and make them my pets. It is an, it is an adorable the animation is adorable. I did, I was able to go check it out on YouTube. There's some wonderful segments. It's just an adorable little short little episodes for kids to enjoy. About There was one episode when they're in the snow and it's just really cute and the animation is looks like it is derived from a storybook. Now, Abigail, I know we're talking about Guess How Much I Love You, but this kind of sparks some interest. Is there a children's book out there that you may want to be adapted into a television series or something else? Oh, yes. Yes, I would love this one to be. Mom, actually, same as you and uh, my mom always read that to me in bed all night, and she always said that just like your mom said that. So that's really cool, and I would really think they're going to make a TV series out of it. Like, I hope they do a thousand of them. I love this weakness. Bit. But is there uh, another children's book besides Guess How Much I Love You that you would like to be turned into something? I would actually have to say that I would like one of my favorite children's books would have to be, it's a hard one actually, The Cricket in Times Square is a pretty is a really good one. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, I love that book. And I would literally love it if they made a movie about it, of how the cricket can sing and stuff, because I'd be like, 
awesome. And then, like, if they did a great thing where they had, like, a symphony in the background with the cricket playing, that would have been just really cool. Would be. Well, back to the subject at hand. So, Morgan, you mentioned about the music in this Series. Tell us a little more about that. The music was really cute, and it actually matched the scenes really wonderfully. Because, like, it was really calm when the like they were playing and stuff. It was a little bit more upbeat when they were running around playing tag and playing hide and go seek and like playing their games in the meadow. And then, like, it was a little bit mysterious when they found the green caterpillar and they had they named it Little Green Worm. It was just really cute how they like had mysteries as well. So I really, yeah, I really did like the music. And it's I really wonder who did them did the music because that was great and it seemed like you could almost hear the symphony and like if you like closed your eyes, I could picture it and that'd be like so much fun. It is really adorable. Yeah, I like to see little things like this. It's just really cute. Uh, like the one I saw where they were playing in the snow. Oh, yeah, Abigail, you say something? Oh, I actually had thought of the book uh, now. It is Palace Puppy Place. I think all the sweetness in that little book would t- turn out to be a great little episode. It's like 27 episodes. I thought it would, I think it would be amazing and great. 27 episodes, quite a bit. Write that down. We'll put in post-production. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blake C. And we're going to be talking about the films Eddie the Eagle, Zootopia, Adventures of Gumby, the 60s series, and Beauty and the Beast, the musical. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan and Abigail. Guess how much I love you by Encircle Entertainment. So, we were just talking about the music. Now, Abigail... Does this show have little life lessons that they can teach kids? If so, where are they? Oh, yes. In all the seven different episodes, they always have lessons to be learned. Like, one episode, Bushy as a bee, it's about helping your your other friends. Like, if you want to play with your other friend, even if you promised someone that you would do something for them, like little nut brown hair, promised his dad he would do some chores because he was so busy. And if the other episode little green worm we learned some science facts about cocoon and another word for it is crystalline and we learned that when a caterpillar eats a lot they go into a chrysalis or cocoon and then sprouts out to a beautiful colorful butterfly oh those are adorable little lessons learning how butterflies how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly little life lessons like help your friends Really cute stuff. Now, Morgan. In a bunch of vocabulary words, too. Vocabulary words. Great. Expanding those words. What kind of vocabulary words did you learn? Chrysalis, cocoon, and metamorphosis, and all other lots of vocabulary words. I I think kids would love all those and learn it. Oh, the glory days of of science. Now today in high school, learning my dihybrid crosses. Oh, lovely. So Morgan, uh, yes. what would you say? What would you say about the voice acting in this? Because there was some cute little child actors in this. Well, actually, the voice acting was great and wonderful. I really enjoyed it, and they made actually over twenty episodes which is really awesome for them. And I think that the voice acting was a great job. For the kids who played these, I want to give you a little applause and a pat on the back because you guys did great. I really think that my favorite character that was voiced over, I would have to say Little Nut Brown Hair because he was just so cute. And the animation 
for him was just so adorable. And I really liked the way that you could see how he had like a father-son bond and how that really showed. And the animators did a great job of showing that as well with uh, facial expressions. And the voice that the kid used for when he was talking to his dad was really cute and sweet and just made me like want to grab a teddy bear or my dad and just like hug him. I would agree. The voice actor who played the little bunny is absolutely adorable. He's really cute. So, Abigail, what would you say? What would you think about the voice acting? Well, actually, I have the same favorite character as him, Little Nut Brown Hair, and also Little Field Now. I thought the character voices were amazing. They were all Australian. I thought that fit, it fit the characters very perfectly. And also, and Circle provides a fun little craft activity inside, but I don't want to spoil it. So it's really cool. Or a little fun craft activity with the DVD pack. Well, it actually is. Uh, well, there's a little stand. It's kind of like a fake bouquet. And then there's two flowers that are already colored. And you put them in like the little bouquet. And then you color two. And I, I colored both of mine. One sparkly. And then one I, I wrote, guess how much I love you on it. Oh, cute little crafts along with the DVD set, which you can get from ncivilentertainment.com. That's really cute. I love that they give you the packets. I remember like, I like, you know, the candies. Especially lifesavers, they give you like those little cardboard things you can you can cut out and fold and make like little stands to put your candy on. Those are my favorite things to do, especially around um, Christmas time. Anywho, so Morgan, what would you say is your favorite episode? My favorite episode was the Little Green Worm. That one was like really funny because I thought it was like really funny how they were like, "Oh, this worm," and they named it Little Green Worm. I like thought it was really funny when like I t- I could tell it was a caterpillar, and I was like. That is just really hilarious. And also, like, I kind of knew that was going to turn into a butterfly, so I kind of felt a little sad when they were like, we went away, and it was like saying goodbye and stuff. That was really sad. So, yeah. But it was also really cute and adorable. And, like, they were trying to give it different foods to eat. Like, here's my berries. Here's my grass. And the thing just looked at them like, what am I going to do with this? It was like, I wonder if it could talk. If it could talk, that'd be great. And it brought me back to my childhood when I would have been like, that's a little green worm. And I would have been like, this is a little green worm. And then I would have been like crying too when it went away and turned into a beautiful butterfly, but I didn't know it. And like, that is also a science lesson because like she said, they told you about chrysalis and cocoons and metamorphosis and all that. And also you got to see how it came out of its cocoon, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and like you could you. see that it eat, you you got to see that it could eat like two gigantic full bushes. That was pretty awesome, and it also sh- showed you how things change and like basically how you have to get ready for those changes. And even though you grow up, you still will love what you used to do. Oh, uh, very cute little life lesson. Now, Abigail, quickly, how many stars would you give this series? Well, I would give it. Five out of five because it was so cute and loving. Oh, that's lovely. And Morgan, what is the age range for this? The age well, range is three. Sorry, but the age range would be three to. I'm actually going to say, not, yeah, eight. I think eight would be good. I personally loved it. I guess it depends on your style because if like you love little kind of kitty films, then you would like this more than as if you didn't and you're more into like adult 
or more into like better animation and stuff that's around your age range. But I personally like this because I love all things that are cute, snuggly, and adorable. And I think that this is... Sorry? I think this is perfect for a lot of kids because it also tells you about how seasons change. Fantastic. um, It sounds absolutely lovely. Go, guys, go check it out on EnsoEntertainment.com. Go get the disc. It's absolutely amazing. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Home Attractions. We were talking about the new film, Guess How Much I Love You, and right now we're going to talk to Ryan about the new film, Eddie the Eagle. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So what did you think of the film? I found it amazing. I love docudramas because I love how they tell a story of someone's life. This film, I saw myself, it's a little more humorous as well instead of just inspirational. So do you think it's more on the inspirational side or humorous side? Inspirational because as you see through the movie, you see how Eddie the Eagle came to the Calgary Games of 1988. And there were a couple of humorous moments. And then in general, it's like inspiring people to never give up so I think it's more inspirational than humorous I definitely agree with the moral of the story because it's just such an important moral now can you tell the for the people who don't know what the story of the film is so the story is about Eddie the Eagle and Eddie the Eagle wants to be an Olympian as like a little kid he always wanted to be Olympian and his real name is Michael Edwards and he finally makes it to the Olympic of Calgary in 1988 on the movie you see how he got there and I don't want to spoil it so if you want to know how he got there you should go see the movie I honestly definitely recommend it. I just thought they did such a stupendous job. Now, this film took place, like you said, in the late 1980s during the game of 1988. So what do you think, how do you think they did portraying that time since it was a modern time? Back then, they wore different clothes. Everybody acted differently. How do you think they did? They did pretty well. 
it wasn't like they had a regular cell phone in 2015. They had phones you'd use in the 80s. Not the big phones, but the regular, I guess, I don't know the name of the phones, but the phones were one shown signal of how it was the 80s. And in the movie, they played music that was from the 80s. And there were some scenes of the character being filmed, Eddie the Eagle, the person who was playing him. And they had TVs that were from the 80s, so the technology, they made it look like it was from the 80s. Now, you mentioned a little bit of the music. How do you think the soundtrack in the film, and how do you think it worked with the story? It worked with the story because, as you said before, talking about the 80s, how it took place in the 80s, and they had a soundtrack that had songs from the 80s, and it kind of went together because it was during the same time, and it also matched how the story went through the mood. I do think that the music wasn't that noticeable. It definitely fit with each scene. You mentioned at the beginning that it was also drama, but also comedy. Do you think it's more of one of them, or do you think it's pretty even? It's pretty even because drama because there are a couple like struggles that he had to overcome and it's humorous because even though it's hard for him they make a couple jokes because it is for kids and if it's too dramatic then kids would either find it a little bit boring and a little bit like shocking sad or like random emotions but when they had the little humor it kind of made it a little bit light and happy. And how do you think the sets are in this film are? Because it's all about the sport ski jumping. Ski jumping has these huge multi-hundred feet tall ramps. So how do you think the sets were? The sets were amazing. I love how they recreated the scene for the Calgary for 1988, how they showed the 40 feet jump. I'm not sure if that's the correct type, but I love how they show the sets of the tournament and his home. Everything looked realistic and it looked very accurate to the real life events and part of these large ramps were beautiful cinematic shots what were you what was your opinion about the cinematography the camera shots i enjoy them because i love how there's a scene where hugh jackman's character as the coach you see him show eddie how it's done and when he did it i loved how they made it look so realistic, yet it wasn't real at the same time because the jump he did was about, I believe, over 100 feet. So you could get really hurt if you actually did it. So I love how they made it look so realistic. You're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions on the Voice American Kids Network. And today we will talk about Zootopia and Adventures of Gumby. And this show is sponsored by Snow Time from Shout Factory. Right now we're talking to Ryan about the film Eddie the Eagle. And he was talking about how cinematography allowed for a lot of the shots to look very realistic, which they probably weren't realistic. Now, my next question also has to do with that. What do you think of the special effects of the film? The special effects, they were pretty, as I said before, about the uh, camera shots realistic because I love how they showed how Eddie practiced doing ski jumping, and I love how they made the actor who played him make it look very real, and it was amazing, the special effects. I honestly thought a few scenes I could notice a little bit of green screen, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. A lot of the other scenes did look real, and I think I do think that the cinematography had a really great effect on it. Now, the cast, I honestly think the cast had a really a lot of great stars. Taron Egerton, who played Eddie the Eagle, Hugh Jackman, who played Bronson Perry. Now, what did you think of the rest of the cast and them? The casting, 
in general, I felt like the person played Eddie the Eagle, the like the real Eddie the Eagle himself, because I actually searched him and I did like a little comparison to the actor and him, and they pretty and they look pretty identical. The cast was very good. The person who played. Eddie's mom was fantastic. She was a little funny as well. The person who played Hugh Jackman's character, I have to say, he was amazing. I love how they made the the cult. I love how they made the coach tough, and I loved Hugh Jackman portraying the role. And earlier, you mentioned a kind of the moral of never giving up. How do you think the film showed that moral? Do you think they did a good job at it? I felt like they showed. The moral theme they showed pretty well because throughout the middle, you see his struggles and it shows that through the hardest times, he never gave up. And one struggle he had was, I guess, money issues because he couldn't afford all things for the Olympics. And that was a struggle you saw and he didn't give up because he still was persistent. And I just think they did, like, throughout the whole film, because throughout the whole story, everybody's against Eddie. Nobody thinks he can be an Olympian. They just showed it so well throughout the whole thing. I definitely agree with you. And, yeah, he wasn't able to really financially do it, yet he pushed so hard to do it. I mean, he was pretty successful. Now, do you have a favorite scene? I do, but it kind of will spoil the movie, so I don't want to say so I'm going to try to be a little bit vague as I can. A scene I liked is when Hugh Jackman's character reads a book, and the book is sort of informing the audience about something. I don't want to say what it is because it will spoil the movie. So when he reads it, you see how it changes a Hugh Jackman's character. I don't want to say how. Well, not change, but like, it gives him, like, a perspective and, like, shows how they saw something. I don't want I'm trying to be vague. I don't want to, like, say what it is. And I also heard that you met the producer and also the real Eddie the Eagle or uh, Michael Edwards. Can you tell us about that? When I met the producer slash director and the real Eddie the Eagle, I enjoyed the experience of meeting them and asking them some questions uh, for example, when we went to the q and I was with my mom and we started to ask questions and I asked the director, which is Dexter Fletcher, about directing and he liked directing better than acting cause, because in a way you're like directing and like trying to tell people like what they should do. And it's much easier, he said. And I enjoyed the experience because I love asking him questions and you got to know more about the movie. Like, for example, the movie, some of it's not accurate. I don't, like, the father isn't, all, all of his personalities aren't true. And did you learn any interesting facts about Eddie the Eagle? Uh, one fact is, one fact that I found out about him was that his as I said before, like, the father, his personalities, those weren't all true, because I learned about that from the movie and, movie. and also, what you wouldn't see in the movie is that she had many struggles, and he met more people than you met in the, in the movie, and that he had a chef, and the chef would give him food, because he couldn't afford food at the time, because he was preparing for the Calgary Games, and... 
That was another fact I learned about him. That's very interesting. Very quickly, can you tell us how many stars you give this film? I give this movie five out of five stars. Thank you so much for talking to me about Eddie the Eagle. If you'd like to see it, it is in theaters now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Snow Time from Shout Factory. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Show the world your smile. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Eddie the Eagle. And guess how much I love you. By the way, I forgot to mention last time, but this show is sponsored by Snow Time by Shout Factory. So make sure to go check it out. And we're also going to be talking about The Avengers of Gumby, the 60s series, and Beauty and the Beast, the musical. Right now, I am with Ryan and really about the new Disney film, Zootopia. And gosh darn it, Disney, just when I think you have scared me away you pull me back in because i saw the trailer for this film and i'm thinking i don't think it's gonna work i don't think it's gonna be the best i feel like it's gonna be like good dinosaur it's just gonna kind of flop but i've seen the reviews and everyone's loving it so something happens with the rating with the with the advertising with this so really what am i missing <laughs> i don't know um, I, I thought zootopia was a wonderful movie and from the time i saw the trailer i expected it to be nothing less well tell me about it what made it great it was just how wonderfully plotted and how wonderfully characterized it was. We were in tune with, with every with every step of everyone's doing. Interesting characters. Obviously, there are archetypes. Uh, there, there are parodies. But they're so familiar, we can't help but get comfortable with them as they take their journey. Now, see, that's my only, that was the thing I was kind of worried about. It just looked like it was all about pop culture references just with animals. Like they had... Uh, Mr. Lemming with See You Nice or Abitazum's that or Straight Otter Zootopia. I'm thinking like 
I thought that was always going to be just nothing but pop culture jokes and the story was going to be kind of flat. So, Ryan, what did you think about the story? Well, I thought the story, well, I, when I thought of the story, I thought of it as it was very good, the story in general, because when I first saw the trailer, I'm thinking, oh, this is about a cop and she is forced to do a task. But when I see it, I love how it talks about how she's the first bunny cop and how she makes a deal to do a certain task. And if she doesn't do it less than two days, then she has to give up her position as a cop. And I loved how it created a story. I mean, I love the story. Well, buddy cop films, uh, it's a guilty pleasure for me, too. It looks like a cute little film about... Uh, and again, we were mentioned that, really mentioned that there was a lot of tropes and parodies of those certain stereotypes, like the policeman that eats a lot of donuts, the, the cop, they say that it's not going to make it. You only have to... You're a bunny. You can't be a cop. You can't be like the rest of us. So it's... But it sounds like they, they poke fun a bit, and it also creates a good story. So I'm happy to hear that. Now, really, because it's Disney, do you feel like because of its brand name that it warrants for critics to give it a good review? No, not at no, all. Really not no, at all. I, and I, I think ever since Toy Story 3, ever since the expectation has been laid in, in, in the animated film canon, we, we've seen some pretty bad reviews. I mean, we've seen it with Turbo... You've seen it with planes. Critics, a- critics are not afraid to give animated films bad reviews, whether it's Disney or not. You know what I mean? It just so happens that Disney happens to be one of the more superior animated film canons out right now. But I don't think that the fact that it's Disney will, will give it any more or less edge than, say, DreamWorks. Just wondered, because, again, this is not coming from anyone. This hasn't come for seeing um, Zootopia yet. Because... Sometimes we just, we have this idea of a certain studio or certain filmmaker sometimes and who's given us hit after hit. And sometimes that, that can blind us from feeling, put blinders on us thinking like, it's got to be good because this name brand is on there. Yes, Planes may have gotten bad reviews, but I was just, it's an interesting topic to talk about. And it's something that we also have to be aware about. So, going off of that, really, talk about, uh, I want, I'm interested about the animation in this, because the animation does look spot on. It's beautifully animated. Um, I, was, I was very impressed by how uh, specific things were. There's a scene where they go meet like a, a hippie moose, and he stinks, and he's, you know, naturalistic. And the details with, with the flies, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. like they just shoved a bunch of flies in there hoping to create atmosphere. I, I, it was as if every fly was there for a reason and for a purpose. And that's the kind of detail and care with which they handled the animation in this film. Yeah, I heard that there were more hairs on one character than everybody combined in Frozen. I mean, that's some very detailed animation there. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. Now, Ryan, I did mention there's a lot of pop culture references and a lot of jokes in this. Um, do the jokes work? In some cases, the jokes do work. Well, in all cases, the jokes do work because it's funny. It's, it's very funny. Like, they didn't show, as you guys saw in the trailer, there was a trailer talking about parodies, like straight otter Zootopia. But they didn't show that. They showed, like, 
I remember they showed a reference to Frozen a couple of times in the movie, like Let It Go. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's a scene where a piracy guy was selling Frozen 2 and Frozen. Really? And yeah, it was very, it was like very funny. It was like upcoming movies. That was like sort of like an Easter egg joke. And I felt like the parodies were very funny and it brought out some well known pop culture things in our everyday society well very clever jokes okay well that just goes to show you to never judge a book by its cover i'm gonna go check out zootopia with a bit of an open mind now uh thank you very much willie and ryan you're listening to kids first coming attractions i'm your host Kiefer blakesley and we're ta- we just got done talking about eddie the eagle guess how much i love you and we're going to continue talking about adventures of gumby the 60s series and beauty and the beast musical right now i'm talking with mia she got the chance to interview kira Litamaki, the animation director for zootopia so thank you very much for being here mia so um tell us about um the questions you asked kira about anime being the animation director for zootopia so I mainly tried to ask her about this film because I know she's done other films in Disney. And I've also asked her about the animation, like what was her favorite scene? Because, I mean, she animated and oversaw a lot of this animation. So, And she said it was kind of hard to choose. And also one of the answers I got from her was that when they made the bunny, first off, it wasn't a great bunny and how the animation changes over time. Very true. I, I saw I was able to check out when I was at the YouTube space, there was, for Inside Out, I saw a storyboard for the different characters like anger, sadness, and joy. And it was very fascinating to see how the characters changed, the designs of the characters changed. We went from these very interesting characters to the characters we know and love right now. So it's fascinating to see the process of an animation director and the visuals they put up. So uh, what are the things that you ask her to say about Zootopia? Um, I asked her how long it overall took to do some animations, how many people it took to, you know, create just one character. How long was that? Um, overall, maybe like, they started like around two years for the overall process, but they really came in around one year, a long time. One year, jeez. Well, it obviously shows, because with the trailers, the animation does look fantastic. So, did you get a chance to see Zootopia, Mia? Yes, I did. So tell me about what you thought of it. I really enjoyed this movie because in the beginning of the movie, sometimes it was like, oh, little detail, that's cool that they put it in there. But then closer to the end, you're like, whoa, that really helped a lot. That was very important. Certainly, especially with the Easter eggs with Frozen 2. I mean, they're getting in some meta areas there, and that's that's pretty funny. Going straight from Marvel right there. So knowing what you know about the... Did, okay. Did you interview Kira before you saw Zootopia? No, I interviewed her after I saw Zootopia. Now, after seeing Zootopia, what are the questions? Uh, what are the questions did you were you dying to ask her after that? Because with with the with seeing the film, you're just like, okay, I gotta ask you this. Well. Again, I was wondering how long it took because the details were incredible. But I was also wondering about the one of the questions I really wondered was when if the char- if the animators did meet the voice, how that really affected them because she told me that before they met Jennifer Goodwin for Judy Hopps, she was more of the, you know, muscular type. But then when they met her, they turned into more a sweet, loving bunny. Oh, that's 
really cute. Well, especially since the, the actor has to match, the animation has to match the actor's voice. And that's fantastic that we would meet with them. Uh, it was interesting because I, I love the process of animation. I could not draw a horse. My horse looks about the combination of, I, can, I don't know, it just, I can't draw, period. But I do appreciate the animation process. I like animation process when we get to, when animators are sitting down with a pad and paper and they are both listening, but also kind of watching the actors uh, mannerisms and act and sh- while they're doing the voiceovers because it's all in the voice too. But when you put your move, the actors, I like actors who put the movements into the voice because that helps the animation do it. The animate, uh, the animators it, it inspires them to create this character. So again, fascinating. Well, thank you so much. Mia and Ryan and Rayleigh for talking about Zootopia. It's fantastic. Please go check it out. It's in theaters now. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Snowtime by Shout Factor. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hi, I'm Morgan Brian Birch, and today you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Guess How Much I Love You, Eddie the Eagle, Zootopia, Adventures of Gumby, the 60s series. And right now I'm talking to Samantha. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm actually great. So, do you got to watch The Adventures of Gumby, the 60s series. Did you like this film? Or these episodes, I should say. Yes, these episodes were very fun to watch, and they were, and they were very enjoyable. So, I know that this is actually animation from long ago, which is clay animation. So, did you like it? Um, I did enjoy it a lot because clay animation is very interesting, actually, to think about how it was made during the film. Um, during the little episodes, I was thinking about that a lot, about how they made this, because it's actually made by taking little pictures of each tiny movement of the clay figures. And clay animation is very cool, and you don't really see that now. So it was kind of like a breath of fresh air to watch something different other than 
computer animation. So I know this is from the 60s. Now, I know that a lot of kids now actually think that stuff that's old school and from long ago is not, like, that cool anymore. So do you think that other kids would like this movie a bit too old style? Or do you think they would like it as well? Well, I think this show is one of those things where you can't really judge it by its cover because I saw it and I kind of thought I would enjoy it because it was like old school like you're saying but I watched it and it was actually very funny and like I said it was very interesting so I think that most kids they give it a chance they might like it or some kids won't depends on what they like I agree with that now who is your favorite character my favorite character would have to be Pokey because he is like a sidekick and he's very funny and most of the time he was um, doing a bunch of one-liners that I really enjoyed. And I don't know, there's something about his character that I really like, that I really enjoy about him. And I kind of like relate to him. I feel like me and him are like on a lot of different levels. Yeah, I absolutely love Pokey. He's so cute. What was your favorite scene and why? Well, my favorite um, scene, and in, in, there's an episode that I really enjoy called The Glob. And my favorite scene would have to be in the beginning where Gumby is sculpting a big sculpture and then the sculpture comes to life. And it it was really creative and fun to watch. I absolutely love that episode. So how was the humor? Did you think that it was really funny? Well, most of the humor consisted of puns and one-liners. So I thought it was very funny because for some reason puns make me laugh a lot. And it was kind of old school humor. And it was funny to watch because most of the things they said, they spoke about gas prices being too high and things being too expensive. And it was funny to watch because now that's how things really are. So that made kind of funny. Yeah, that is actually pretty funny. So have you heard of Gumby before? Was it like brand new to you or had your parents heard of it and told you about it? Or like, how did you find out about Gumby? My mom did say that she kind of grew up with Gummy and she used to watch him when she was smaller. And I have heard of him before. We spoke about him in school and stuff. And I remember watching some episodes in class when we had like nothing else to do. And I remember I used to have little action figures of Gumby that he used to get like Barnes and Noble and stuff. So it was fun actually watching the real series after hearing about him. That is really cool. Now, how many episodes were on this? I'm not completely sure, but I did know that it was a very, very big amount. It was a whole season. So, yes. That has to be a lot. Now, what would you say the age range for this film is? I think the age range would have to be about 5 to 18 because it was a very fun film to watch and for little kids would like it because it's kind of an animation cartoon with fun characters and kind of mythical creatures in it sometimes. And also the 18 because it did come out a long time ago. So for people who grew up with it, they might want to see it again. That's actually great. So what did you think about the pokey and like all the other characters i do have a lot to say about the characters i mean i like how they all have their own personalities in each different episode there is a different type of character that the episode focuses on and it was really fun to watch each character and it made me really think about how much work the crew put into these each and every episode because there were so many different characters that had their own personalities even if they were the villain or a new friend or if they were somebody very important or not so important. So, did you like the animation? And did you also like, did you like the people who voiced over the actors? The people who voiced over the actors were very, I feel like they matched the characters like perfectly, almost. Because even though Gumby isn't exactly a human, or Pokey isn't a human at all, I mean... 
their voices kind of felt right to go with the characters for some reason. Like, um, they were kind of talking kind of funny when they were saying these, when they were voicing the creatures. They were talking in like a squeakier tone and stuff. And it was really, I think that they were good for the part of these characters. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about, guess how much we love you, Eddie the Eagle, Zootopia, and right now I'm talking about Adventures of Gumby, the 60s series with Samantha. So what's up? Did you think that the topics in this episodes were still relatable? I don't really think they were in any type of way because they were very silly and like they weren't with real characters. I remember there was an episode called the Zoops with these fake little characters that were actually watermelons and then they transformed into monsters. It was very weird. So I don't really think they were relatable, but I did kind of think they were old-fashioned. I mean, there was some old-fashioned humor in the episodes, but I don't really think that the topics of the episode were old-fashioned. And also, what would you have to say about Gumby? Like, I know that he actually has a ton of traits, like he can travel into books and stuff. So what would be your, like, favorite part to have about him? Would you rather travel in the books or what would you, what trait would you like to have? Traveling into books would be very, very cool. I mean, there's a lot of fictional characters I would love to meet. And if I had that power, I would definitely use it a lot. I can see what you're saying because I would too. So has Gumby aged well? Well, what do you mean? Like, do you think that over the time Gumby is still as popular as he was? And do you think that the episodes that he's done over his years are good? Like, what do you basically think of the film over the years? Well, I think that people have kind of forgotten about Gumby because it was like a popular show back then. But I think that people like have kind of forgotten about him. And he's not as popular now. I do see like, little action figures here and there in bookstores and stuff. But I don't really see people talking about him. I don't see people as excited as they were about him as they used to be. Yes, I agree. I actually got to meet him at the Christmas parade, though. And he had his own float, which was really awesome. And he said that he's actually enjoyed making the Gumby books. And it was pretty cool meeting the guy who made Gumby because I was like, that's awesome. He said, this is like my brother, so I thought that was really funny. And they're actually trying to bring him back because a lot of kids do need to learn how to be a good friend in the morals that he teaches us. So that was really cool. And that is also his son. He says that he's his brother and his son. And speaking about trying to bring him back, do you think that he deserves to be brought back? I 100% think that he should be brought back. I mean, he's a very... He's a very funny person, and he has won some awards. I think he won the Annie Award, and I would love to see him make a comeback. So are you going to watch all the seasons and all the episodes, or are you just watching some? Or hopefully watch them eventually over your lifetime? It is a very fun series to watch, and it is a very funny series, and I enjoyed watching them when I got the DVD for them. So I think that I will try my best to finish the series, and I don't really think it'll have trouble with it at all because it's a really great series and I love it. Well, that is great. Now, how many do you expect to watch? How many stars actually would you give it? I would give it five out of five stars because like I said before, it is a great, it, this is a great series and it's a classic series and I would love to watch these over and over and over again. 
for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest video reviews of new films and DVD releases and learn how do you, you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Snow Time. I'm Morgan Brian Birch, and thanks for listening. I hope you can join us next time on Kids First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow, you set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful, it's cool, it's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released, interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. At 13, you are just starting to become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 13 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through ready for what's next. Life at 13, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel.